Real quick, before we get started, I want to share a free resource I have to help you get better outcomes for your clients. The Visceral Referral Cheat Sheet will teach you the connection between common musculoskeletal pains and movement dysfunction and the associated visceral organs. Using this cheat sheet will allow you to make sure no stone is left unturned when creating a true whole body treatment plan of care that will get you great results for your clients. Head on over to unrealresultspod.com to download your free cheat sheet today or click on the link in the show notes. In this week's episode, we're talking rest postures versus stretching versus mobility. What the heck is the difference and why does it matter? What you're going to find out is it boils down to your intention and your attention during the exercises. If you're wondering why some stretches or mobility work you prescribe to your clients are not doing what you think they should be doing, you'll want to give this episode a listen. Hey there and welcome. I'm Anna Hartman and this is Unreal Results, a podcast where I help you get better outcomes and gain the confidence that you can help anyone, even the most complex cases. Join me as I teach about the influence of the visceral organs and the nervous system on movement, pain, and injuries, all while shifting the paradigm of what whole body assessment and treatment really looks like. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Unreal Results Podcast. Um, I'm coming at you with a new computer. I'm even trying the front-facing camera because there's, it's supposed to be better, right? Um, and with many things in life, I like drug my feet, like getting a new computer. I mean, it's just a big expense, but man, now that it's I have it and it's new, I that was long overdue. <laughs> I probably waited at least six months too long, if not a year too long to purchase a new computer. So running on the new 14-inch MacBook Pro with the M2 processing chip. It's so fast. I love it. So anyways, um, and coming at you again, like right before I head to the airport, this becomes a theme in my life. This week, we're talking about rest versus stretching versus mobility work. And this was, I threw up a poll on my Instagram to see what people wanted the podcast episode to be about. And this is like overwhelmingly one. So super stoked to talk about it. Part of part of why I want to talk about it is because two reasons. One, like stretching sometimes gets a bad rap in two in two ways. So stretching gets a bad rap because, you know, there was research once upon a time that said um, static stretching before activity decreases your like vertical jump performance. So uh, that was a big push to like not do static stretching. And then, but also like static stretching is like stretching is good. Like working on our mobility is good. Oftentimes we don't think of it as stretching, but just sitting on the floor is beneficial. And that that's actually the difference between a rest posture, a seated rest posture, or even a lying down rest posture and stretching. There is a, a, a very distinct difference. And it's a little bit about the intention of what you're doing. Just talking about this reminds me of um, about eight years ago, I took a course with Philip Beach. He's the author of 
the book Muscles and Meridians, The Manipulation of Shape. It's one I talk about often. It's a great book. Even more great than the book is actually learning from Philip in person. He is an amazing human, so smart, created this um, movement model based on blending together Chinese meridians, evolutionary vertebrate biology, and embryology. And the model he came up with is so thorough and so amazing. But what came out of his model was this emphasis on sensory input is the driver, but also a pattern emerged in his studies that floor-based seated and laying positions among every vertebrate is how the body knows it's resting. And this concept of when you're sitting on the floor or laying on the floor, that it should be actually restful. That if you're sitting on the floor and it's uncomfortable, if it's painful, then your body's never actually registering that it's rest. So because we're so deconditioned from sitting in furniture and um, not really ever accessing the floor very much in our life anymore, we sometimes in order to go back to a floor-based experience, we need to use props and to basically meet the body where it's at, bring the floor to the body. And this concept also makes sense as I was learning visceral manipulation and the osteopathic types of manual therapies because there was this um, paradigm shift of going from sort of traditional Western medicine things of like forcing things to not using force, meeting the body where it's in, going into the positions of ease, into the direction of ease, and then noticing how the body, once it is met in that direction of ease, feels a little safer and then can open up into new ranges of motion. And then that also mimics this understanding of like the importance of our nervous system being wired for survival and the relationship between this fight or flight response or this sympathetic response, which is our primitive being, this survival instinct, and then our rest, digest, recovery, parasympathetic nervous system, which is our newer nervous system, but the nervous system that is responsible for self-healing capacities and the um, feeling safe, right? So this dichotomy between um, feeling safe or not is a is another way to think about forcing things or not, right? Because usually when you're forcing something, force is met with more force. Force is a threat most of the time. And so um, this is the importance of rest postures too, is that they actually feel safe and not threatening. And a not threatening rest posture then means maybe it shouldn't feel like a stretch. Because oftentimes, when we're seeking out a stretch sensation, it's not actually um, comfortable and it's not actually even stretching the thing that's tight and lacking mobility. So anyways, so back when I learned from Philip eight years ago, he's an osteopath from New Zealand, so he doesn't come to the United States very often. And I feel so lucky to have met him when I did and... Um, I I went to his course and I learned this work and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the missing piece 
this is the missing piece to all like the functional movement screen and like emphasis on like um not just the functional movement screen but also like the developmental patterns right the dynamic neuromuscular stability dns the um applied um developmental kinesiology type of things that were like going back to sort of looking at the way babies developed in their movement patterns and revisiting some of those primitive movement patterns to facilitate a better connection into our core and more efficient movement patterns. And the missing piece of all of that work was this even more regressed stage of just the ability to be on the floor and rest. And so when I learned his work, I was like, this is a huge missing piece in the industry and I want to share it with the world. So I started sharing with it and I started, that's when I started seeing how it integrated with so many other components that I was learning at the time, but then things that I learned before. And um, the other thing that emerged out of his work was this importance of the sensory organs, getting more sensory information, specifically the feet, getting your feet out of shoes and socks, giving them a life, as he says. And he is who I learned about the rock mats through. And then I started sharing about the rock mats um, right after that. I met, I went home like the first day of the course and I made my own and it, it was like totally a huge change in how I felt in my body, just introducing that sensory work. But anyways, the whole this whole story is to tell you that um, after I learned his work, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. I was talking to an orthopedic surgeon friend of mine and who is like my, you know, supervising physician as, as an athletic trainer. And I said, oh, hey, Shafe, like this stuff is like so profound and it's helped me with my back so much and it's like so cool. And he's like, okay, what is it? And I was like, well, it's like, adding in the sensory information with rock mats to my feet and then sitting on the ground in these rest positions and then also strengthening from the ground up. Like the value of sitting on the floor in these rest positions is you get to stand up from the ground, which is a built-in exercise. And he looked at me and he's kind of one of those people that is just like no bullshit sort of guy. <laughs> and we and when we were at like happy hour, we're having a beer and he's like what's so novel like what's so new about it Anna and I was like what do you mean he's like you basically just told me that what's helped your back pain is improving your sensory information or proprioception um, and stretching and strengthening your muscles and I was like oh fuck man when you put it that way like yeah it is it is pretty basic but Again, like the intention with all of it is completely different than just stretching and improving my mobility and working on proprioception and strengthening my muscles, right? He's right. Those are all the things that we know, like tried and true methods for pretty much like any ache or pain in our body, right? But the intention behind it really matters because the intention goes back to this fundamental understanding of how the nervous system works. And also, whether we can even trust a sensation like a feeling of a stretch, and if seeking a stretch sensation is really actually changing our mobility, because they are not all the same. So resting, 
versus stretching versus mobility work, they are not all created equal and they're very different. They might look the same from the outside when you see somebody doing them, but the intention behind how you implement them, when you implement them, and why you implement them are very different. So that's really what I want to talk about. And I, and I already, obviously, in telling you a story about meeting Philip Beach and going through his program, I already sort of told you. But the fundamental, most important thing about the rest postures is meeting the body where it's at. So the nervous system feels safe. And in that moment, in those moments when the nervous f- system feels safe, it grants you more mobility because it takes you out of this protective pattern of protecting our ventral body, which is the front side of our body, right? Going into that almost like that startle reflex. And um, because of that, when we're then sitting, sitting in these rest postures, while feeling safe, we've met the body where it's at with props, with pillows, towel rolls, whatever it is, then we are actually able to progressively work on our mobility of our joints, specifically when we're working on our rest postures, our seated postures on the ground, we're working a lot of ankle, knee, and hip mobility. And then there's some laying postures that would work on shoulder and upper body mobility, but I'd say the majority of us always, like if we're thinking about improving our mobility, most of us are thinking about improving the mobility of our hips and our ankles and our knees. And then realizing too that when we can improve our mobility in our lower extremity, and I include hips as like pelvis, lumbopelvic area, when we can change the orientation to our pelvis over our legs, the rest of our spine kind of comes along with it and even our thoracic spine ends up being less stiff and we end up like having more rotation available and that kind of thing too. So the intention though needs to be, it feel like nothing. And this is how it's different than stretching because I would say that if you're doing a stretch, whether it's seated on the floor or standing, whatever, you are seeking or searching for a stretch sensation. And A stretch sensation, whether it feels good or not, actually is not a message of safety to the brain or not. Because oftentimes, what provides this stretch sensation to us is actually an overstretching of nerves or neurovascular vessels. And that actually is seen as a threat to our nervous system because nerves hate to be compressed and they hate to be over elongated. And so that stretch sensation, even though we think sometimes that it feels good, that is not a message of safety to your body. And so that's often why, too, why we sit in a stretch and like, we don't really feel like it does anything. It feels good, but it doesn't change our actual mobility. What actually changes our mobility is going in and out of the range of motion we have and then not bypassing our end range, but being in our end range. And this is also when I provide a stretch as an exercise to my athletes, I am very specific and I say, please do not do this if it feels like a stretch sensation. If we're actually stretching a tissue, like a a muscle or connective tissue that is quite a quote unquote tight or short, right? 
it is not comfortable and it should not feel like a stretch sensation. It feels like your range of motion in the joint that that muscle or connected tissue surrounds, the range of motion just stops. Like you literally like can't go any farther. The range of motion stops and then in that specific body of tissue, whether again, muscle, connective tissue, or a combination of the two, it kind of feels like it's going to explode. So if it's a calf stretch, if it's a hamstring stretch, it should be in the belly of those muscles, which is muscles and connective tissue. And it should feel like the range of motion stops at either the ankle, the knee, or the hip. And then it also feels like so much pressure in the muscle belly that kind of feels like it's going to explode. That's the best way I can explain it. The problem is we're so used, our bodies are so amazing at getting from point A to point B that oftentimes we don't recognize when we actually run out of range of motion in a joint and start moving in other joints around it more, right? Because that's what happens. You get one joint that doesn't move and then surrounding those joints, you get joints that move too much. And so if we're not careful about intentionally blocking our range of motion, we will just quickly go into the things that are already moving too much and move through them. So then we never change our mobility. We overstretch tissues that are already over lengthened or even over lengthened tissues like nerves and vascular structures that don't like to be lengthened like that. And we feel a stretch sensation, but like I said before, a stretch sensation is not necessarily a signal of safety to our brain. So even though in the moment we might look like we change in a range of motion, the next day we're right back to where we started. So that's really the difference. And when we look at how it sort of relates to mobility. Mobility is something that I consider is like range of motion around a specific joint or sequence of joints in a pattern that relates to our normal movements. But again, mobility is something that comes with a feeling of safety as well as an intention, a paying attention of where the motion is happening from. Where the motion is happening, even in like a calf stretch, when you bring your knee forward of your foot, where in the foot and ankle is this motion coming from? And is it distributed among all of the joints or being driven more through one than the other? So mobility has a very specific intention around it. And 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 it's also very dictated on our nervous system and if our nervous system feels safe or not. And so hopefully that makes sense of how resting or seated rest postures are not stretching and stretching is not mobility work. Mobility work can be seated rest postures and that's why they're so powerful is if you just spend more time throughout the day instead of sitting in furniture sitting on the ground, meeting your body where it's at, you're going to very rapidly change your ankle mobility, your knee mobility, and your hip and pelvic floor mobility. 
And then also, like I said in the beginning, you have this added built-in benefit of you're strengthening that new range of motion. And when you can strengthen that new range of motion, that's another message of safety to the brain to then keep that mobility. It's a very important component of it. So these concepts of rush postures, Philip Beach in his book lists about um, 12 of them. I believe there's about 12 of them. And, and he actually turned it into sort of like, kind of like the functional movement screen, like a screen, like how well can people access these rest postures? And I have a whole blog post on it. So I'm going to link it to this podcast. So go check it out, check out the videos, score yourself and see how you are. Sometimes instead of using his scoring system, I just like look at all 12 and be like, how many of these 12 postures can you comfortably remember? Because rest has to be comfortable. Can you comfortably access? And then the best way to give messages to your brain that it's time to rest is to use those rest postures that you can access comfortably as frequently as possible throughout the day. So throughout a day, your body has messages of rest. And this is sort of when I, eight years ago, when I first started learning this and I first started sharing it, one of the first people I shared it with was Michael Boyle. And when I shared it with him, it kind of blew his mind too. And it was like his argument for why putting a cool down back into programming was so important because in a cool down after a workout, your your muscles are like super supple and more receptive to newer ranges of motion. And so you can easily improve your mobility because you don't have that sort of... Um, reflex from the actors and the muscles and the connective tissue resisting the newer range of motion because they're all warmed up and like things are you've been moving your body and so like it's just an opportunity to like maximize that so definitely check it out check out philip's book i'll link that um and this is a conversation that we'll have more and and i'll probably do a separate podcast episode just about the rock mat itself and why this is such a powerful tool. So real quick episode for you today, but definitely check out the blog post. And oh, on that note too, Philip, he emailed me the other day and he's back on the road teaching. And so if you live in Europe this summer, he'll be in Europe teaching at a couple conferences, or even if you are in Europe or the United States and want to bring him in and do a course, please let me know and I will connect you because he is... He loves to share what he does, and he would love to extend his trip when he is traveling international from New Zealand. So thank you for joining me. I got to head to the airport. Have a great day. <laughs>